Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And, and this, this is Open Shutters. This month, our series is Love Hurts. Oh, yeah. When murder, when love becomes murder. Ooh. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Philip, what's up? I don't know what to say. Punk's a tiny fucking deal. What? I, six more weeks of fucking winter to Groundhog done so. Oh, come on. I'd be more upset if it was six more weeks of summer in this sweltering swamp city. I got three fucking space heaters in my apartment trying to stay fucking warm. Well, you know, maybe you need central heat. We did. The bitch broke. I couldn't care less about heat. Uh, I wouldn't have a heater in my house. If Although I, I can't be hating. My poor friends in Chicago, you know, they're dealing with fucking Lake Michigan. Yeah, when, when what's up. life like in the summer here? You like that? That Ain't nobody like that. Okay, you I get didn't swamp think so. ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I want to know is what did Norton do find? What did he see? He probably he probably stayed out there because he's not going to get hot a while. Yeah, he probably said, I love this mm-hmm. shit. Well, so uh, this week, this is, uh, we start the new month. And we have a new series. It's called Love Hurts When Love Becomes Murder. Always. And <laughs> uh, each one of our stories this week is going to be about someone someone murders for, finger quotes, love. Yeah. And um, so that's because this is a Valentine's episode, too. It's also Black History Month, too. So we have... Um, we have a few deaths this week, a few more than we usually do. So you want to get started on those, sure. or do you want to talk Let's... about about what you watched on TV? Oh, uh, well, not really. We only got really one thing to really talk about this past week that we've seen. I saw it actually on TV. You actually went to the yeah, I went to the theater because I was the little it things. Oh, that was so good. I saw it last the new, night. The new Denzel yeah. wash. Oh my god! And Denzel brought it like he always does. It was classic Denzel. And the guy that oh, played Freddie Mercury was the other Oh, guy. Rami yeah. Malek played the other uh, detective. He was so good. He was nothing like Freddie Mercury It at was all. So, so... We really got to see how the, how deep of an actor he really is. But you know what? The best performance in that has to be Jared Leto. Well, yeah. Jared Leto he was everything. He was so creepy. Uh, oh, he was somebody we do a podcast Didn't he look about. like an evil Jesus? Oh. Kind of like an evil Jesus. I think he always looks like an evil Jesus. He always does kind of look like an evil Jesus. I know. Yeah. I said, what movie was it um, with the evil Jesus? Was it um, <laughs> was it one of the, the um, it was something with Denzel Washington, I think. Not Denzel Washington, Keanu Reeves. It wasn't one of the Matrix movies. It was Johnny Nanamic or something. They had the evil Jesus uh, preacher. Oh, my. I can't remember. It was played by, uh, what's his name, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, goodness. Oh, I, I can't remember which movie Me it is. My brain is dead. All right, we're starting on our obits. The first one we're going to talk about is Hal Holbrook. Remember him? He's dead at 95. He played both Mark Twain and Deep Throat of, of Watergate fame. Yep. Now, uh, he was... Um, his Sunday... Okay, yeah, yeah. Hal Holbrook, longtime award-winning actor, 
known for playing Mark Twain for more than 60 years, has died. Mm. His son, David, tells us his father passed away of old age at his Beverly Hills home on January 23rd. We're told that he had a number of medical conditions and was having trouble swallowing, but he did not have COVID-19. It was simply his time. Well, I mean, when you're 95, you do have a bunch of... <laughs> I just dropped my phone in case y'all wondering what that sound is. Anyway, I don't feel like editing it out. <laughs> Holbrook's career began in the 1950s when he developed and starred in the one-minute stage show Mark Twain Tonight, which earned him critical acclaim, and he would go on to win a Tony for Best Actor in 1966, his first Emmy in 1967, and he played famous American novelist for more than six decades in over 22,000 shows. Wow. He played other historical... Um, Figures uh, such as Abraham Lincoln and John Adams. Now, most famously, he gained international stardom for playing Deep Throat, the 1976 classic, All the President's Men, in which he uttered the famous phrase, Just follow the money. Along with uh, the, his historical roles, Hal also racked up 12 Emmy nominations and five wins, and he was married to Dixie Carter, Julia Sugarbaker. Until her death in 2010, and she was a good bit younger than him, but she went first. He had a recurring role on her show, Designing Women, and he also directed a handful of episodes. So that's Hal Holbrook, dead at 95. Okay, our next one's a little bit more sad because it's a young person. And it's somebody that all you Generation Xers probably grew up with. You remember Screech, Dustin Diamond? I did. Yeah. I, I grew up with Saved by the Bell. That was my jam. Well, he's dead at the, at the, at the tender young age of 44 at the cancer battle. Now, um, he, he, uh, he found out, what, did, what was the name of the cancer he has? Uh, so, uh, stage 4 cell carcinoma. It's a, like a lung cancer. Yeah. And he found that he was just diagnosed three weeks ago, but it, it acts so fast. It took him that fa it took him that quick, mm -hmm. and it was um, it's really sad because uh, but one good thing we can say is that the boy didn't suffer. He went so fast he didn't even have a chance to be like in months and years of pain. So rest in peace, Dustin Diamond, dead at four. Rest in peace, Dustin. So okay, it's uh, kind of this kind of goes in with the Black History Month of this week. One of the greatest African-American actresses of all time. Yes, ma'am. Cicely Tyson. She, she showed the power of women, and she showed the power of African-American women. She died at the age of 96. She received an Oscar nomination for Sounder and memorized TV audiences for the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman and won a Tony for the trip to Bonville. Um... She, uh, she also played in, she was in, um, most recently, she was in the uh, TV show, How to Get Away with Murder. She was Annalise's mother. Yes. And she also, one of her, her claimed roles was the oldest living Confederate widow tells all. She also played Coretta Scott King in the 1978 miniseries, King. And Marva Collins in the television, 1981 telefilm, the Marva Collins story. And she played Harriet Tubman in the 1978 series, A Woman Called Moses. 
She, you know, I think a lot of people don't even realize that she was younger than they thought because she played these old, old women when she was still in her 40s when she played the, autobi the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. I am having a lot of trouble with that word, aren't I? So, hey, Cicely Tyson. How she was? 96 or 94? 96. 96. I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up with the other one here. Now, this one is, uh, we all grew up with this lady. Cloris Leachman died at 94. She's most famously known for the part of Phyllis Lindstrom on Mary Tyler Moore Show. You remember her? You ever saw the old one? Oh, book? yeah. And then she had her own spin-off series. I always thought it was hilarious because the beginning, the opening was like a meme. It was like, who makes the fog surrounding the Golden Gate simply disappear? And there's Phyllis, Phyllis. And then there all these little things like the warning bells on the cable car. And then at the end, they say, Phyllis, it sure isn't you. <laughs> and she'd give this look. Oh, God, if looks could kill. She would just, ooh, she just stared daggers right at the audience. So uh, she was a character actor of extraordinary range and defied uh, typecasting. In her early career, she appeared as Timmy's mother on Lassie. I didn't know anybody but June Lockhart played that. Hmm. And you see, and I'm a baby boomer. <laughs> she also played a frontier prostitute in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and a crime spree family member in Crazy Mama. But she was also Blitcher in Mel, Frank's, Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. That's the one where the horses would neigh every time a name was mentioned. You remember that? Right. You saw Young Frankenstein? And uh, she, uh, she, what was the other thing that she recently did? She oh, did? most recently she's been in American Gods, and she played the love interest of Mr. Wednesday, where she played Zoria, Zora Vershanaya. Yeah, and she had the, the Russian accent. I said that right. That was she, could, she, was doing, <laughs> she was doing the Meryl Streep thing before Meryl Streep. But she had, that was an amazing role she did. And she that? won an Oscar in 1971 while she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show for the uh, coach's wife in the movie The Last Picture Show. She played an older woman that was having an affair with a high school boy. So much versatility. Oh, that's, that, that she was one of the, she was actually one of the greats, and I think she was extremely underrated. True. So what we got going on in a horoscope this week? Oh, yeah, the horoscope. She didn't have any of the shout-outs or anything, huh? Uh, no, 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 because we, we spent so much time on our tournament episode, I didn't really even get a chance to listen to any of the podcasts this week. So I don't have any shout-outs this week. We could say hi to Shaughnessy and... Um, and Justin and Johnson, we hope you feel we hope you get better and feel better because we miss you. Hope to hear from you soon for sure. Yeah, definitely. So okay, so I guess we go straight to the horoscope. Oh yeah, we got some good ones this week. This week because next week I'm gonna have to do um, we're gonna do the Valentine's ones next week. Uh -huh. So this week I'm kind of a week early, but we normally have a couple of weeks of carnival anyway. I'm gonna do the Mardi Gras ones. This oh, week. that sounds like fun. So yeah. we're gonna let y'all know what y'all Mardi Gras is gonna be like. Oh. Oh. Aries, time to put those costume skills to the test. Dress up like a naughty nurse ready to give the vaccine out during a shortage. Instead of the vaccine, inject those poor souls with a lethal injection of whatever hazardous chemical you have on hand. Hazardous chemical? The more corrosive, the more the burn. Oh, well, yeah, make, of course. Make those veins scream, make those bodies drop. My veins are screaming just hearing it. <laughs> Taurus, 
Oh, that bull's back. Oh, yeah. Now, whose tour is it? Isn't a Ron's tour? No, I tell you, every time he Gemini, he's not oh, Pisces. Gemini. He's, not, he's well, a then, Gemini. You know, he's the one who deserved a shout out for the good work he did. He last did an week. amazing job yeah. last week for he's, our first annual bloodbath tournament. He did a great. He's job. He's here, but he's silent again because he worked so hard in the last one. He doesn't even want to talk today. Actually, the only tourist I ever truly liked was my grandmother. God rest her soul. Oh wow. She was a tourist. She was a beautiful tourist. She was well, both Cher and Barbara Streisand are tourists. Oh, I like both of them. Yeah, I think, they, I think they're going to battle in one of our future tournaments, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, Taurus, maybe little to no parade activity this year, but doesn't mean you can't get a small crew together. Gather your weapons, beat the drums, and sound the Viking war horn. March through your neighborhood and make others tremble. The hour has arrived for you to pillage and purge. Do you think they'll be decorating their houses? Maybe I should explain to the audience what that is. You know, this year, a bunch of the parades were canceled because of the COVID. So what some of the people have been doing, taking to doing, is decorating their houses like Oh, I'm going to be talking about one of the signs, yeah. And I am really, I think that's really cool. I hope it's a tradition it's, that stays It's really, us. really, it's real. I've seen some really creative ones around the city. Someone even set up one that looks like a clinic. Oh, wow. <laughs> Consider it. We should not laugh at that, but it is funny. <laughs> you know what? That, no, that is the spirit of New Orleans. We can take anything and make humor and joy about it. And I think it says something about our city. Because our city has seen so much heartache, so much death, so many things. And we still find a way to make light of it. Because it's not that we are making always fun in a sense that we don't care it's in a sense of that's how we move on that's in our spirit and just just the fact that we make it through those horrible summers oh god it makes us if you can make it through a, if you can make it through one summer you're doing i'm not looking forward to the next one i just i just hold up inside in the air conditioning yeah but i hibernate well here we are at gemini that's our rise all right gemini oh will will since y'all all know him as will yes. now bored being on the balcony by yourself you can always take up a new hobby or activity. Not being able to drink with your friends, you could always take up darts. These darts could involve blow darts with poison tips to take the street walkers out one by one. Have fun with all the target practice. I think Will probably wanted to throw poison darts at us last week for getting him into all that work. Probably so. Episode. I'm surprised we're but still I alive. I can't imagine that boy being alone on a balcony. Because he's so much fun to be around. I know, I know, I know, but it is what it is. Cancer. Oh, that's me. Oh. <laughs> Don't get too excited. I'm not. Not the, with one of your horrors, <laughs> The Mardi Gras mambo dance in your bedroom might seem like a pleasurable activity. Oh, my God. But you beware. You dance. But beware. The sex with a stranger could leave you with more than you desire. Now, the sex with a stranger. The mambo that's could turn into a mambo ready to strike. What you let slither in can easily slither out and leave you paralyzed to death. Oh, that's happened already. Well, at least it left me broke. I had my cell phone stolen by one of them. I got up, I looked for my cell phone, you know, and it's gone. Well, I get on my landline and call it, and some guy going, oh, no, somebody gave me this for crack. I'm like, what the hell? So, you know, then we get a little bit, we, we get to be a little bit more careful about what we let into our lives. Oh, oh goodness, we're at Leo now. Oh, that's my other one because I'm a cuss baby. Oh, yeah, Leo. 
Hey now, and that's hey Curtis now, too. pick up that flambeau and light those homes of your enemies on fire. Watch them roast and watch them toast. The flames might even set your heart's rage ablaze. You might even get crowned King Hephaestus for all your incendiary intentions to carry out your revenge. Oh, oh my god. You better watch out with your roommate, Curtis. I don't oh yeah, I know. He got mad at me the other night. I'm not going into that, but it scared me. <laughs> Curtis really rarely gets mad at anybody. Or never really gets mad at me. As a matter of fact, he's always defending me. When other people get mad at me. But it's, he got mad at me over something, and I was frightened. I was going, oh, my he God. He might light your I, ass up. Huh? He might light your ass up. I thought he was going to. Virgo. My niece. Here you go again, creating a list of various ways to use all those beads you have collected. You can make them slip. You can make them trip. You can beat them with a set. You can hogtie them with several strands. But most of all, your favorite way to utilize this trinket is to wrap it around their throats and pull it. Well, I think there's better things to do with beads than that. You see, I'm a crafter. Just I'd much rather like, put them in a nice Just sounds like some weird S&M going on there with the Virgos. Yeah. Well, you never know. Them Virgos into some stuff. I don't know. My dad was a Virgo, and I don't think he was into any weird s and But that's the thing. They never tell you, but then when you were behind closed doors, they some real-ass freaks. I don't think my dad had much going for him in any way like that. Yeah, maybe he had it in his mind, but he didn't do anything. Oh, he didn't have a filthy mind, but he just never really... Nobody wanted to follow up with him. I don't know why my mom married him. Oh, Bob, I'm not your therapist here. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> or maybe I You am. know, my mom, my, his, his girlfriend worked at Krause, and my mom used to shop here all the time, and she didn't even know, real, realize who she was. So I went there, and I said, Marianne, I want you to um, meet my mom. And she goes, oh, I know her. That's that really sweet lady that comes in all here all the time. And then she tells my mom, she goes, how are you married to him, a beautiful woman like you? And this is his girlfriend saying that. <laughs> well, here's your mama was a Libra, right? My mama was a Libra, well, yeah. Well, that's who we got next. Great job on your house float designed for the aliens. Even the landing pad for the spaceship is a thoughtful addition. Invite over as many guests as you want because social distance won't matter once they are abducted. <laughs> Whether it's the greys, the reptilians, or little green men, your house will be crawling with extraterrestrials. Well, my mom loved having guests because she loved people to eat her cooking. So that, that does sound like a Libra having a big yes. social. Oh, she loved to, she loved, well, she loved to cook, and she was a good cook. But she, want, she wanted to be the best cook in the world, which she was pretty close to that. So anytime I told her to eat by somebody else's house and they had really good lasagna or really good spaghetti or any kind of artichokes, anything, she'd go... Was it better than mine? Oh, gosh. So my mom would do that. Um, none could be better than yours. She goes, oh, thank you, darling. I get a big old hug. Your mom gave you that Italian guilt? That, oh, oh she, yeah, she was good <laughs> at the Italian guilt. Wait, wait were y'all Catholic, too? Yeah, uh, we, we kind of went away from practicing. But you had, the, you had the Catholic Italian guilt? Yes. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. That's just like Jewish guilt, the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, I taught. I had a Jewish friend one time, and we compared mama notes. It was oh scary. God, it could have been the same woman. It was scary, wasn't it? It could have been the same woman. And, of course, she always wanted us to be lawyers and doctors and everything. I think with Italians, it's lawyers, and with Jewish people, it's doctors. Because I think we wanted lawyers because they could help us out in case we got in trouble with the law. Oh, you were planning on doing it? 
Well, yeah, well, <laughs> come on, Italian, you're always getting in trouble. <laughs> and we kiss people all the time. We even kiss them before we kill them. You know, you heard of the kiss of death, right? Well, you, you can't be going around kissing people now. And then now. you blow them away. You can't be going around kissing people now. Yeah, I wonder what the mob's doing when they kill people now. But I guess they just hug them. But you can't be doing well, that either. do an elbow thing. You can't be doing that either. No, no, no. You can do a fist bump, can't you? Probably just an elbow now. Yeah. Scorpio. That's you, huh? And I ain't kind to them at all this week. Because if I'm going to deal with shit, they all going to deal with it as well. <laughs> Scorpio, be careful with any form of gluttony. The urge to eat and eat and eat some more could be your downfall. A slice of king cake is one thing. But before you know it, you are being force-fed the whole thing. Someone who hates you could just keep shoving it down your mouth until you choke and die with a plastic baby clogging your airway. I knew someone, I'm not going to mention who they are, how they're related to me, but they used to eat entire cakes at one sitting. Oh, my. You met this person. Yep, let's and leave it at that. Let's, leave, person let's leave it at that. We know who you are talking about. <laughs> no, don't do that. I know that person listens. Stop. Let's, not, let's not put their name Sorry, up. darling. <laughs> yeah, you better apologize. I know. Well, I get it if it don't. <laughs> Sagittarius. Oh, this is my man. Sagittarius. Oh, God, this will be a doozy. So so many social functions to attend, including some spectacular balls. You are definitely playing up the role of Grand Marshal. However, you should be more referred to as the super spreader. Whether you are scattering the virus or a cloud of deadly neurotoxins, have fun taking everyone's breath away. Now, isn't your man an old Southern gentleman? He is. Don't old Southern people have a lot of balls? <laughs> No. I'm not talking about the <laughs> testicular kind. I'm talking about the big old parties like they, they have do. with the wind. They do. He's all about a social function. Oh, okay, yeah. So then he's, he's, he, that's right up his alley. And I have social anxieties. I am not about a social... It's, we're so different. He's like, how many people can we gather together? And I'm like, uh, I'm kind of thankful you know for social distance. I cannot stand to go to house parties or anything like that. And I only like to hang out with the close friends like you. And like my my housemates, I don't like them being in a house with a bunch of strangers. No, when you're well, first off, for me, when you're an empath, it sucks because you can know everybody's fucking drama just by walking in the room, and you're like, oh hell, the fuck no. And you can hear their voices. I ain't gotta hear the voices. I just feel the fucking energies, and I'm yeah. like, what the hell the is energy, this? Shit? Those energies. What yeah. the hell is this shit? <laughs> and you know, but my favorite kind of social gathering is like coming, either, either like going to the movies, of course, and now with the social distancing. When we go to the movies, we have a whole row to ourselves. Well, now you almost end up with a whole theater sometimes. Yeah, well, last night there was one row with a family, and there were us, and that was it. There was only two groups in the whole in the whole theater. Of course, when you have something you can watch on HBO Max, I imagine why a bunch of people are going to go, but exactly. I just love being in a the movie theater. I think it's, it's kind of sad. I hate to say this, but I feel like it's, it, it's dying. And you know what I hate more than anything as for as for social things? I hate going to somebody's house to watch TV. I can watch TV at home. Unless they're doing it's like an actual like, big thing. Well, if thing. it's a movie night. Or like there's a special show going to be on and y'all are all gathering for a special Like the Oscars or the, um, or a big series, or the Emmys or, or something. Or a big series finale of sorts. And y'all decide to have a party over it. Yeah, that's oh, right. yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I had a, my, my second husband and I had an Emmy party once when we all dressed up as television characters, and he went as Peg Bundy. <laughs> and I was supposed to be going as Sophia Petrillo. Oh. But the problem is, you see how big I am? 
Well, I put the costume on. I wound up looking more like Thelma Harper. So we just changed. We said, okay, well, yeah, Thelma Harper. Now. Well, the best one, if he was Peg Bundy and he was hosting that, he could. when people walked in, you could have had him smoking, met tossing the salad. No, she was no but we did have spray on cheese on crackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, yes, yes. Well, talking about spray on cheese, we got Capricorn, honey. Oh, Capricorn. Aren't you mildly generous mailing everyone two doubloon coins that couldn't make it to the festivities this year? What you are really doing is giving them something to put over their eyes after they croak. At least you considered their toll to gain passage from the ferryman on the way to hell. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's your other part. That's your partner, huh? That's my part. That's scary, huh? You might put some coins on you before we send you to the ferryman. Well, if I wake up with quarters on my eyes, I'll know. (laughs) Aquarius. The party is definitely still on at your home this year. Ignoring all warnings, you are invoking and drawing all spirits and demons to your cause. It will be a carnival season to remember as you conjure up this gathering. Moreover, the river of blood flowing from your front door will be sure to feed those in the underworld. Oh, Rivers of Blood, Underworld. They're making sure everybody's having a fat Tuesday. Is that Rivers of Blood or is that just tomato soup? Nah, it's rivers of blood. It's rivers of blood. I mean, you gotta feed the vampires. Oh yeah, that's true. Whether we feed the zombie, like limbs of flesh. Uh, I mean, if you can find some brains, I guess you could throw them some. Oh, brains. they do love those brains. Yeah, brains. Don't they yeah. always say brains? Yeah. Pisces. Oh. All you know, I love my Pisces. I can never truly be mean to Pisces. I I try to, but there's just I, I just have this this spot in my heart for him. You know, I feel yes, for him. Yes, yes, yes. I think it, I think it does have to do also with my once again my little cat. He's a Pisces. Oh, your little cat's cute. Poor thing though, he's had a cold. He's been like, and I totally feel like what my mother went through when we were kids. He like jumps in the bed, comes to cuddle, and he's been having a cold. So he's like sneezing like right in my oh. face. I got a little bit of a cold right now myself. It's it's, head cold. And I can't hate him. It's so he's so freaking adorable that I can't hate him. For Mr. It. Fred used to sneeze at my face all the time. But yeah, it's just so it's so cute. You can't. You just like oh, you got just sniffles, sniffles. Well, anyhow, here's Pisces. All caution is thrown to the wind, and you have given yourself over to complete insanity behind your mask. As you drink up with your circle of ghosts, you are taking up a pin shot for parlor games with betting involved. On the table, the choices of whom to haunt and whom to kill. This much hunting will leave you content as you go down the rabbit hole. Oh, they're going down rabbit hole. And that was our Mardi Gras horoscopes this week. And I want y'all for the next couple of weekends, even though we have a crazy year going on right now, I want y'all to have a wonderful carnival, a wonderful Mardi Gras, and make the most of it. Enjoy yeah, it wherever all, you are and whatever you may be doing. That's all you can do. So uh, we're going to go to a commercial, and then we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Ah, so anyway, this uh, this week's episode, this week's story, is really disturbing and really heartbreaking, and it's a it's a current Netflix documentary that we both watched this week. That's why we didn't want to talk about that in the first half because we were saving that for this. This is the other thing we right. were watching this week, 
It, oh, it's called American Murder, The Family Next Door. And it tells the story of Chris Watts, who uh, on August 13, 2018, 2018, Colorado father Chris Watts murdered his pregnant wife Shannon Watts and their two daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste. And uh, the, the, the documentary was, was released on uh, September 30th on Netflix and still on there. Now, um, the murders of uh, around 2 a.m. on August 13th, 2018, Shannon Watts' his friend, Nicole Atkinson, dropped her off at her Frederick, Colorado home following a business trip they had taken together. But when Nicole tried to get in touch with Shannon the neck a few hours later, she couldn't get hold of her. And after Shannon uh, missed an OGB, o -G -O -B -G -Y -N appointment, that's a OBGYN, she grew worried. And Nicole decided to call Shannon's husband at, at Chris at work. She also called the police. The police conducted an investigation of the Watts' home. And that, after, that afternoon, and though they found no signs of foul play, they did find Shannon's car and, and all of her personal belongings. So the next day, Shannon and the girls were officially declared missing, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation released an endangered missing person alerts for them. Now, to tell everybody the little story of everything that went on, and then Philip and I are going to talk about what we think about all this. When the day that followed, Chris's story changed drastically. He initially told the police that he had no idea where Shannon, Bella, and Celeste might be. And he began giving media appearances, appealing to the community for help in finding his missing family. Meanwhile, investigators of the local police department, the CBI, and the FBI had been going through Chris's phone records, which showed that he had been having an affair with one of his co-workers, from the Anadarko Petroleum, the company where he worked. Then on August 15th, two days after his wife and daughter's disappearances, Chris failed the polygraph test, and that's when everything changed. Well, that afternoon, Chris vowed to tell the police the truth if he could talk to his father first. Investigators took a gamble and allowed him to do so, and it worked. Chris confessed to his father he had killed his wife. Not long after investigators found Shannon, Bella, and Celeste's bodies, where Chris said they were, at the Anadarko Petroleum site, with Shannon's body in a shallow grave and the two girls' bodies in oil tank. And on August 21st, 2018, he was charged with his family's murders. Now also, um, five counts of first-degree murder, and including additional counts for his daughters because they were children under 12, one count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. Ultimately, he was sentenced to five life sentences, three consecutive, consecutive and two concurrent for the murders, plus a total of 84 more years for all the other crimes. Although Chris had pled guilty to all three murders, he hadn't yet told the real story of what happened on the morning of August 13th. 2018, but in a five-hour follow-up interview with investigators from prison, Chris revealed the truth. After fighting with Shannon that morning about his wish to separate, Chris strangled her to death. While he was trying to bring his wife's body downstairs, he said Bella and Celeste woke up 
and asked him what was going on. He then loaded the girl's mother and his body into the trunk, drove to the oil site, smothered the two little girls one by one before disposing of the real body. And he's now serving um, his, his life sentences out in a maximum security prison in Wisconsin. Oh, you know, there's a couple mm. other things mentioned in there. He had had a girlfriend. He was having an affair. And on the 15th, she had come forward and told them everything about what was going on. They also, he had unenrolled the girls from school the morning of the disappearance. And he said that Shannon took them away. Now, originally, he tried to say that Shannon killed the girls and that he killed her in a rage because she killed his children. And then finally, he admitted that he killed the children, too. Uh. So you saw the um oh I saw it. Yeah. But first off I got to admit though it was very compelling compared to a lot of documentaries because you really do have these really compelling interrogation photos, um film videos from videos, the interrogation yeah. room. But what's even more compelling was the body cam video from the police officer was a bit large segment and that Body cam videos, oh my gosh, are so vivid now. And you remember the part where he they were talking to him and he was all jittery and he was rubbing oh his head? Oh my gosh. That's I, a habit I have. I rubbed the back of my head. But anyway, he was rubbing his head and he was pacing back and forth. And I remember his neighbor. Oh, I love when the neighbor called his says, ass There's out. something wrong. He, he, he knows something. He, this isn't right. That's how he said it. And that, that, that's, I think, what got them to start sus uh, suspecting him. Well, that they, the neighbor had the video showing that there was something weird. With the with the truck, the vehicle, all that, they showed that something was weird. Yeah, the neighbor. That's showed, right. He's, he's, he's and that's when you could tell he was he that Chris was starting to act strange when he saw what the neighbor's video had. Yeah, actually he knew happened. he was getting. He knew he was he was getting to be found. He knew out. things. His story could only go so far. Things were not going to add up eventually. And then a, a lot of the documentary goes through uh, text messages that Shannon had sent to her friends. And um, Shannon was really, really big in social media, and she posted just about everything that happened to her, which was very, very helpful to the police because oh, following yeah. her social media footprint, they were able to see where the cracks in the marriage were happening. And at first, it, what it is is she met him about 10 years previous, and she had been, been uh, diagnosed with lupus. Which yeah, yeah, a, she had lupus before she she was had the diagnosis before she even got with him, and it caused her to have a lot of depression because she was only well, twenty five years no, old. No, I mean it. It is lupus. I've known people that have lupus. It is intense. It is mostly women get it. Some men actually can. There's some record, there's cases more women get it than I men. I have a cousin that has it. She's been having it for like forty years. But it is an intense autoimmune, and like any autoimmune, there are good days and bad days, but. It's definitely a thing that you, when you live with it, it, it is going to define a lot of your life. And she had had a bad marriage before. I think it was abusive or something. And she didn't have any children from that marriage. And she was very depressed. She had just gotten this horrible diagnosis. And she just said, she, she almost kind of like crawled into a little, little uh, funk. And he friended her. And she said, oh, you know, she's saying this and stuff. She said, oh, I, you know, I might as well take accept this guy's friendship. I'm never going to meet him. And they wound up meeting, and she fell in love. They fell in love. And it looked like at first he, he really loved her. 
I know, and it looked like she really was, and 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 for her, I mean, this was this was a turnaround. And honestly, I mean, when you have any kind of autoimmune disease, I mean, I don't have lupus, you don't have lupus, but we have like diabetes. It's like mental state can yeah. affect a lot. With oh health. yeah, yeah. And you know, um, and it made her start to feel like she could have some kind of life. Yeah, and then she. Uh, there was hope there. There was. Uh, they got married. There was a wedding uh, video, and it was just. It looked like one of these magical fairy tale. I know weddings. she looked so happy, and she really was a beautiful girl. She, she really was so happy in those. And, she, and he did too. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it looks like he did, at some level, at some point, really did love her. And they even moved to Colorado from North Carolina because they wanted to get away. I think lupus does, is, I think the humidity is really bad for lupus. And Colorado's a drier state, even though they have the really a cold lot of, A lot of autoimmune, winters. it's better to go out west. I find a lot of you, it's like autoimmune. I sometimes think I'd rather go out west with some of my friends. Well, yeah, because, well, you see, I think the humidity is really bad for that. In North Carolina, on uh, on the coast where they were living, is humid, just like, you. well, look, we live in probably the most humid humid spot, the second the most humid spot. The first is right. Miami. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and we live in one of the most humid cities, and our winters are, are, are very, very damp and bone-chilling, and our summers are just excruciating. So I'm sure the weather is, well, even though they have really cold winters in Colorado, I hear they're very pleasant. It's a pretty state. And, uh, and, and there's the beauty of it and everything. And it has a lot and to do with the Even their little neighborhood they had lived in looked like so wonderful. All the neighbors, people like the, where they lived. It looked like a really nice house, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, he made a lot of money. He was, he was, um, right. He, he worked for that petroleum company. And she was working at home doing, you know, I think she was like a telemarketer or something. She worked at so home. So, from all eyes from the outside, it looked like they had. And the really children nice were absolutely adorable. Oh, right? yeah. The they were, were those kids. If you have a cute little, cute little children like that in your family, you always hope they come over. You're always oh, yeah. glad when the parents are coming to visit you because you know they're going to bring those two little living dolls over with you, yeah. you know? And they were just so sweet, and they were so photogenic and had so much personality. And um, she started seeing cracks when she went back to uh, North Carolina with the children so the children could visit all their grandparents. And she went to his mother's house, and she, they said his mother never liked her, never thought he, she was good enough for him. And she went to the mother's house, and she gave one of the little girls, I think it was it was Cece, it was Celeste, some ice cream that had something in it that she was allergic to. And, of course, the first thing a mother's going to do is she has a child with a food allergy, and she sees her eating something. You're going to be defensive. Yeah, as a mom, she's you're going gonna to be gonna defensive. She's going to freak out. You're going to be defensive, And yes. they threw her out of the house because they said she got rude. I don't know. Hit, hit. I think come on. I think his mama, his mama was a bitch. Was a bitch and a piece of work. <laughs> a bitch. I loved her mom though. Her mom reminds me of people like in my own family at times. You know. Yeah. Her mom. Her mom. Like I think everybody has a lot of people have family members, especially around down here in South Louisiana, like that woman. Even though that might have been the Carolinas. And uh, yeah. There's a lot of people have 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 moms or grand or people like that in their family, and that and that you know even. That was so heartbreaking. Besides looking at the children and Shanann and all that, was seeing what her mother was going through, the emotions her mother was oh, going yeah. through after all of this. And uh, while they were, while, while Shanann and the children were away, that's when Chris met 
Nicole Kessler, the, the woman he wound up having an affair with. She was a younger woman. If you ever see the pictures of her, she looked like a younger Shanann, so he definitely had a type. And a, and a lot of people were trying to say shit about her like like on media social media and all that but actually in the documentary if you watch in the interrogation room or with the police when they're talking uh-huh. to the girlfriend yeah. you could see she is utterly shocked yeah and like she, she is really actually well he told her, her and, and from seeing this guy I could tell he was a ma- master manipulator and he told her he was separated from his wife and he had two children. And she's thinking their marriage is over. Well, his wife has no idea that their marriage is over. But she's beginning to get suspicious because he's getting to be more distant. And when they were out of town, he's hardly even texting her. And then she goes through their, 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 uh, their credit card or bank uh, records and notice that he went to this restaurant, which is an Applebee's type of situation, and it has a $63 bill. And usually one person, it might be about $30. I mean, three of us went to eat at Applebee's yesterday and $54 for three of us. Plus, and, and with the tip, it was $66. So these are, this wasn't a really expensive restaurant where he went. And she, saw, she knew that there had to be another woman and she was getting really suspicious. And some people seem to think she came off as kind of needy because she was all worried because he seemed like he didn't want to have sex with her anymore. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, okay. I mean, calling somebody needy that's in an actual long-term marriage with children, somebody, come on. I mean, when you're going to be, anybody's going to be Right, upset. anybody in a relationship like that They're is in, expecting some kind of attention. So of that's course, not, and that's I wouldn't life. call him needy, per se. I mean, even if, even if you're... He knew that. You know, when you took those vows, he should have known that. Well, and you know, it's like, okay, so then I think, I'm going to tell you something. I believe about Chris Watts. I think Chris Watts is a sociopath. <laughs> I think Chris oh, Watts premeditatedly planned on killing his wife. Oh, oh, well, I mean, I mean, that's without a doubt known. I mean, he went how long not having sex with her, and then all of a sudden he tries to build some trust last moment right the night before he kills her. And he's and, and um, Nicole, um, his, his, the girlfriend, said that she said she wanted to have her own family. And she wasn't too keen on the idea of stepchildren. But she still, I think she would have been willing to, to have the children. I think she would have been willing to raise those kids. If. No, because, I mean, if you look at those videos when they were, like, I think she was horrified at the fact that he, he killed his kids. And, yeah, and then she says she, she was like, um, you know, he was, like, trading her in for a lot. He saw this younger, hotter, healthy girl that wanted to be with him. So he had to annihilate that other family. Now, it is possible of a benefit of a doubt there about whether he intended to kill the children. I do believe he can, intended to kill Shannon. She came well, home. She, what happened is that she came, she went on a business trip. She was gone for the weekend. And his, um, he just kind of hardly even talking, you know, talking, communicated with her at all. And she was really upset about that. And the ladies on, other ladies on the business trip said that they were really 
She she seemed really un- upset and preoccupied. Well, the timing in which he chose to do it too was also I mean, okay. So she's she comes back. He knows she wanted whatever, so he gives her the sex, right? Right. So then she's becoming trusting. He has her in the bedroom, in the bed, the next whatever more or afterwards whatever. And so she's at a, she's at a fairly happy but also tired, vulnerable spot. Yeah. And he took advantage of that moment, knowing that she would be vulnerable. Yeah. And it would be easy. Yeah. And I think he planned on killing her that night. That's why he did it. Because he he wasn't interested in her sexually anymore. Yeah. She even, there was even a part where she said she took her shower at night and put on her perfume and everything. And he went and took his shower. She said he just went to bed. So he had planned, he had planned, you know that. Even more so... I don't think if if it wasn't premeditated, then he would have been scrambling to figure out where to put. The, he knew exactly where to go, where he was going to put the bodies. He knew he was going to put it out that yeah. site by his work. And, I, and now it is a, a possible, like I said, benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't intend to kill the children, and then walking in, he figured that was the only way out. But, but he spent an hour in the car, with the bitty, kid, an hour to go out to that site, and little bitty children that age, he could have, they could have seen something like that. And they never would have remembered it. You can't tell me for that whole hour drive. Do you remember anything that happened when you were three years old? Not very, very, no. very, very. They very. wouldn't even. They, 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 they would have maybe thought it was something they dreamed. And you know, maybe he figured with her people knowing how unhealthy he, she was with the lupus, and she was pregnant. That's another thing they forget. She had. Yeah, well, so yeah, there's that. She was. She was pregnant. So there's actually four victims. Yeah. So the thing about it is, is this is a woman that really thrived on social media. She loved to post videos, and she would do live videos, and she had the videos of the children, and she even posted telling him that she was pregnant with the third baby. She wore a T-shirt that said, "Oops, we did it again," and he came in, and he seemed like he was genuinely happy about having that baby. She says, but later he told her that he didn't want the baby because then she's texting on there, he doesn't want this baby. And, um, but she wasn't going to kill her baby. She wasn't going to abort her child. And she said that she will do anything to give her family a better life. Oh, she loved her children so much. And 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 her husband and her children, and she loved her life. She loved the family life she had. And in all appearances, he he seemed to, unless it was all in that, he seemed to have loved his children at some point. But what doesn't get me is there's no way he could say it wasn't premeditated about the children's death because you sat with the kids driving for an hour in that well, car. Well, he that, then he knew he was going to kill them. And that means he had an hour to talk himself out of it or think about something else. Yeah. And he spent an hour. That means he mulled over it for an hour in that car. And the stupid thing he did is he disposed of the bodies at his workplace. He wasn't very bright, was he? First off, he put the, put the children's bodies in the oil tank. It, it, what's weird is, is 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 that in itself there shows. This is where I think very little respect at all. Disagree. This is your, even if you kill them, this is your own children. There should have been seeming to be some care in the burial. If this is where there's some mental break going on with him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't let him off the hook. I'm just saying. There's some, like you're saying, was he a sociopath? Yes. Yeah, I do believe that. you saw the children, everything, even how she was buried so sad. 
Everybody was disposable. Everybody was trash. I think, his, he, yeah, I think he thought... That's what he thought in his mind. I want this new family with this new girl, so I'm going to get rid of the one I have now. But he really made them seem disposable. But what I... You know, and, and, and some of the videos on there we see, because during the, um, the, the trip to North Carolina, he joined them later, and they show him see, them picking him up at the airport and them going to the beach... There's a, I, there, there was a there was a part in there that really really gets really I had to pause the thing because I, I was crying. It's uh, the little girl I think it was Bella and she sings a little song about how daddy's a hero. Oh, that was heartbreaking. And he's going that he helps her tie her shoes and all these other stuff. She was so glad she was going to be seeing her daddy. Yeah. Well, here's the level of hate. Look at it. So he definitely that love and then you know he hates the other side of love. He definitely grew to hate his wife. Yeah. He. In a sense, even well, strongly though strongly resented her. Well, I know. I think he he turned it. It turned into some really hate on his part. Yeah. And then because of that, even though his children were a part of him, they were also a part of her. So he grew to hate them and made them. And despite. maybe he would saw them more as her children and than, than his. Think children. about the site. It wasn't just that it was remote. It was his work site. He hated the fact that he worked there. He put them in the place he also hated his work. Think about this. Yeah. Because that's where he earned sense. his money that was creating the lifestyle for all of them. So it was this whole festering hate of the job. Nobody actually brings that up. The job that paid for the lifestyle for Shannon and the kids. And he and that's where he disposed them. And then he felt like he was being pulled even more into a trap when she was having another baby. Yeah. He, uh, and um, now to the, let, let, let's talk about the uh, interrogation film, the, the interrogation uh, videos. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. One go of, go one ahead. Of, one of the detectives told him, they said, "You're not even uh, if some if my babies were missing, why would I? Uh, you you're not even shedding a tear. What is wrong with you? I think it grew into hate." And then when he grew, when he when he flunked the polygraph, I love it when the woman says, "You didn't pass the polygraph." There's only, and there's only two people in this room that know what really happened. And before this day's over, there's one person in this room who actually knows what's happened. She said, "And before this day's over, there will be two, because you're going to tell me everything." And they got him. And then that's when he started crying when he was talking about smothering the little girls and everything. And I think that was an act. I really do. I really do. I mean, and then we go to um, the trial, and at the end, the prosecutor, when he was given his closing, he says, you're not happy with your wife, you get a divorce. Right, you just get a divorce. You know, but you don't kill her. But even so, you killed your children, too. Because that's, that's what doesn't make sense. The wife is separate of you. The children are part of you. Yeah. That's a part of you. And uh, her mother just, she, she knocked it out of the park. With, with oh, his mom? Well, her mother, she knocked it out of the park. When oh, her told, mother. Her mother was wonderful. Our, mo our daughter away from us. You took our, exactly. our granddaughter. We loved you like you were one of our own children, like you were a son. And you did this to us. I can never feel anything but hatred. And I was right with the mom, his, her mom, her mom. If yeah. her mom wanted to jump across and, and kill him and strangle him to death, I would have been right with well, her. Well, you know how many times I, w I wished I could reach into that screen and choke him 
It was very, the first time I watched it, it was hard. This time it was even harder because I knew he was guilty. Because when you first watch it, you're not really sure he's guilty yet until you find out. But the, when I watched it the second time, I knew the story already. And I knew he was lying. And I'm looking at him. And I'm going like, look at this asshole. And then his mother in the courtroom. What the oh, fuck? Oh, his mother was. And then tells her she forgives him. In front of Shannon's mother. Yeah, and mother and father. And father. And, and brother. Family, and a family. But it, and you're just, but you're just looking at, no, but really with about the moms, you got his mother saying this shit. While well, she her, did her little crocodile tear crying. While her thing. poor mother is about to crumble in the fuck, in the pew. Or the uh, whatever you call it, the little the, the the bench or whatever. The bench, yeah. The yeah. benches, yeah. She's sitting there calling a pew like it's church. Like church. But yeah, yeah, I mean I mean I mean poor thing, I mean she is sitting there about to crumble and here is his mom forget I'm like, I what the hell? You. I am like, what the hell? I mean it's like you have you have no sadness about your own grandchildren dying one. Even if you didn't like your daughter in law. Your own grandchildren the, 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 the your babies. Your grandbabies. I could I couldn't. This, this the, that bitch was his mother was I'm sorry, she's a bitch. Yeah. And the father got up there and talked to and he was uh see I saw another documentary on, on ID about it. It's shorter than this and it doesn't go into as much detail. Now his father seems actually was really seemed to have been hurt by the whole situation. Well of course he, he, his he lost father his seemed his father actually did seem to have that. Well, I have a feeling that this mm. woman that raised him. I think his mother had him, a lot to do with what was. She wrong. gave him some kind. Yeah. Well, well she she taught him. Uh, I, I think there's some kind of emotional. There was some kind of emotional abuse there. She added too. his narcissism because it seems like she raised him to believe he was better than anybody. They didn't think Shannon was good enough for him, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, he was an attractive man. Physically, but inside he was horrible, like a rotted monster. You're right, you know. And I just, uh, you know, and then another part of it that really pissed me off was some of the social media stuff that was blaming Shannon and saying, "Oh, she was a bitch. She deserved what happened." And the nobody father, deserves father that. On nobody that. He deserves says, Stop that. Stop bullying my family. Stop bullying my family. We had a horrible. Uh, we had a horrible experience, and you and you people. And, and what is wrong with people? Yeah, no, no woman, no. I mean, no person deserves that. And honestly, that's the problem sometimes in America is, is there is this blaming the victim? Yeah, that's that's a big problem in America. And in, in, in including in marriages with domestic violence. No, I mean this man was horrific in what he did. And you know the fact, and sometimes the fact that these people like him have this physical attractiveness, women will be attracted to that. I'll bet you he's got a lot of groupies and everything that come visit him in jail and everything. Oh, I'm sure. You know, like like Ted Bundy had and a few other ones. I mean, you know, he's got... Which, honestly, those people are some sick bitches as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm going to call their asses out. And those are the kind of people, they probably... You know, it was the same thing I remember... Uh, we 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 could do this too. The, the preppy murder in the '80s, and the guy was, I guess, what people would call physically attractive, and that's the one where he took the girl in Central Park, and they supposedly had some kind of rough sex, and he strangled her. And people, one of the jurors, they had to excuse. 
comes up there and they're asking her questions and she looks at this guy and says, you're even more good looking in person than you are on um, on TV. And well, you know, of course she was excused right away. And he got like this piddly little sentence from, because the women, there were women in the jury that, that didn't want to send him to the lecture <clears throat> chair or anything or, the, or whatever it was at that time the capital punishment was. So uh, yeah, he... Um, that, that, that's those groupies. You know, these murderers, especially if they, someone that would be considered physically attractive, they get these groupies that'll, uh, yeah. And the one, and, and just the thing, not to, the one thing where I could have seen some remorse in him or something in there from the thing is if, if say right after he killed her, this is when she was in the bed, right? He yeah. Joss murder yeah. in the in the dark and whatever. If he took that moment right there to admit he did something wrong, call nine one one. Yeah, call nine one one. Call the police and say, "Hey, I've I've killed my wife. I, I you know, I need help. You know, yeah. admit something." We might be talking a lot differently about this right now if that were the case. But he, that wasn't the case. He would have been able. That's to flee, not what he did. Out. He would have gotten a good lawyer, you know. Those girls could have out. still lived. He might, we might have, could have seen he might have been able to meet with some psychologists. And the babies could have, I mean, it would have been horrible for them to lose their mother, but they could have had a life with, the, you know, the grandparents loved them. And, and everybody could have been actually helped with therapy. But now, no, we've got, we've got souls dead. We're including, including her the unborn child. baby, yeah. Four souls dead. Two actual um, children that were, were, were out of the womb, you know. It's just well, sad. And, and the sad. reason why he's got the five life sentences, and he, because they were, going for, they were going for the needle. They, they were going for the death penalty. And of course, it's gotten he harder saved for his, death penalty he nowadays. He saved his ass. He, had to, he, 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 did the, he pled out to save his ass. But he still insisted that Shannon killed those babies. Yeah. But like I said, if he would have called 911 at that moment, before he killed the children, right after he killed her, he might have gotten 20, 25 years, and then we would have been talking about this a lot differently yeah. in the story. You know? And, we, and we, might, we might have been able to show a little whatever to him, but no. He, he showed... He was a ruthless bastard. Yeah, and, and and ruthless, and like I said, I think he's a sociopath. Not to the point where he would go out and become a serial killer. I no, don't think I don't he, think he that, to kill other people. But I think that he had no problem killing somebody that got in his way. And I think that's what woke up the girlfriend when you look at her. She's like, "What if he could dispose them? Could I be disposed next?" And he would. That really scared her for a moment. Because ten years from now, she's going to be the age Shannon was. She's going to have, they're going to have children. That's going to get in his way because, of course, a, another 25-year-old girl is going to be interested in him. And, and that's, that's a fear, pattern. And that's hit her. With, yeah. And, and that's, all, that's, that's a pattern. I have seen that pattern with a lot of men that have a lot of wives, including our uh, outgoing president. He has all the wives. It's this emperor mentality. Yeah. yeah. Well, he had, if you notice that his, some, his first two wives looked exactly alike. The second, the third one is different, but they all have this, um, you know, they trade them in for a new model. I remember Dean Martin, all his wives look alike. 
You know, it's, it's just, you know, the, the wives get old. They never mature. These Some of these men just never mature. And they, they always want to yeah, be with a 25-year-old. And so what it is is looking at these women as a possession, as a trophy. And 10 so years say, later when Instead they, of actually looking at them as a human being. And 10 years later when that 25-year-old girl becomes a 35-year-old woman, she's no longer appealing to them. And that's what happened here. She was no longer the pretty girl that was, you know, she was no longer the 25-year-old girl that was doting on his every word and saw him as a big hero. She was now a mother in her 30s with two small children. She was a mom now. She was no longer the pretty girl that he, he married. At least that's the way he saw it. So, and, but this other girl was, and the girl looks just like her. Similar. They do look similar. Yeah, they're the that, same yeah. type. You know, they both had long dark hair, and they both, uh, and they seemed like they had similar personalities because you saw how she talked. It's just the fact that she was healthier to go and whatever. And you know, there were people doing death threats to that girl, and she actually had. She to go didn't into, deserve that. She had to go into witness protection. She had to go into witness protection, and yet he's you know, living off our dime now, you know, in in prison. So anyway, yeah, the name of the um the documentary it's on netflix if any of you guys haven't seen it yet and i think most a lot of people have it's called american murder the family next door and um it's really good but it's very disturbing to watch let me warn you yeah and uh i thought i i, I both times i saw it i uh, i couldn't it still it just disturbed me i had to pause it a couple of times because i actually cried i was watching it with our Roz, and he's just like how are you going to do that podcast tomorrow? You can't even get through this documentary. But uh, it's funny because now I guess I'm I, I guess I'm in the uh, I'm in professional mode now, and that's why I'm. I just much... kept looking at the screen with like shock eyes. I'm like, really, really? I, I just, the whole time I was like, really? I even had trouble getting through the ID uh, uh, version, the ID uh, But when the little when they show videos of the minutes. little children, or that just uh, you're oh, right. There's God. No, there was yeah, no especially you know, I was so. Uh, I will warn y'all. Y'all will cry at that, okay? Because the children there are so charming and so appealing, beautiful little girls. And like I said, they're the kind of you have a, like I remember my niece was like that. She was such a wonderful little girl that I would always hope her dad and mom were coming over so because she was coming over. You know, and I just used to have so much fun with her. She was and they so, were only like three and four. They lost. They they were cheated out. And now I'm thinking about well, how would how would I feel if something like that would happen? He cheated to them, them to out of an entire life. An entire life. They didn't even get. They didn't even really get to go to kid kindergarten. They were just at the stage where they were starting to get out of like the the toddler, starting to actually get like more to kid where they really were going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, they barely wanted the diapers. I know you just got to see, like, when they were at that beach and how fun that looked like they were having. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, we are going, uh, we, we, we have the series called Love Hurts, and when love turns into murder. And the next, uh, next three weeks, the next three episodes are about, you know, love going wrong. So, uh, our uh, social medias, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters or on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook page is called the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And our um, 
Our email, and I really wish um, nobody is emailing us. I wish some people would email us and tell us what they think about these episodes. Email us, tweet us, email comment us, on the Facebook, us, something. Yeah, because um, we really want to know. As like I said last week, even if we suck, we want you to tell us you. Oh, because you send us a mean tweet, we'll read it and we'll read oh, we you back to Phil. Well, we re- <laughs> That's why they don't want to send us that. Phrase. So, <laughs> so anyway. Um, so uh, and and we have our new opening and closing music, you know, to go on with our theme. Uh, our, first, our opening theme is the Nazareth version of the song "Love Hurts." Our closing theme is going to be the Joan Jett version. Yes. So, uh, just remember, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Good night. Good night. <laughs>